tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue, a tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and you can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Hey, Mystic Witches. We have a very special guest today. We're very lucky to have Tayana Lima Quillar. She is an author, diviner, and researcher of metaphysics, mysticism, religion, and the occult. She is the author of seven books, the most recent being a verse novella, Imagining the Life of Rosicrucian Occultist and Sex Magician, P.B. Randolph. The Sibyl's Oraculum, Oracle of the Black Doves of Africa, The Hoodoo Tarot, and Astrology for Mystics, the latter two of which will be published by Inner Traditions in 2020 and 2021. Tayana is also a playwright. Her play, The Ant Farm, was shown at the Black Box Theater, and she has won several writing awards, including the Clarion Award for Science Fiction and Fantasy and the Zora Neale Hurston Award for Fiction. Welcome, Tayana. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you today. And my first question is always, what tarot card do you feel represents you and why? Well, that's that's so easy. The fool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always off on new adventures, and um, I don't look back. I just go forward as much as I can, and um, it's all about possibilities for me, and seeking possibilities, and not being concerned about uh, my safety because I know I'm going to be okay. I can relate to that <laughs> because Aries don't look before they leap. They don't even think about looking. They just leap. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about your spiritual background? Um, so I've always been a spiritual person. I think um, when I was a little girl, I used to hide underneath the uh, kitchen sink just to get some peace and quiet and it's just a dark place to reflect. And I used to stay there for hours, um, doing that. Um, I don't recall exactly what I was contemplating, but I imagined space a lot, um, being in space, you know, just kind of being ahead kind of in amidst space. I that that's as, that's about as close as I can remember. And my mom was very progressive. So she allowed that to happen. Um, my family is, um, yeah, they're Christian, but they're not fanatical or um, aggressive about it. They um, let me express my spirituality however I wanted to express it. Um, and I've always been um, into meditation. And, you know, before I had terms for it, um, connecting with nature was very important to me. It's not a lot of places to do that. I live in New York City. But, you know, that's how Central Park and, you know, my local parks in general became uh a place for me to really connect. And, um, yeah. So, and my family, you know, is, um, they wouldn't say 
I shouldn't say the whole family, but you know, I have family members that um, are practicing uh, root workers, and um, I have ancestors that were um, pretty respected root workers. So, um, you know, all of that kind of combines to create uh, who I am today. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you were meditating before you even knew a word for it. That's amazing. You were like grounded and connected as a kid. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I was I was a very quiet child. My mother said that I only cried when I was hungry or um, or if I if I was sleepy, then that's when I would cry. But any other reason, she said they would have to look to see if, if crib death had happened. Cause <laughs> oh just- no. I was always able to entertain myself um, and that's also why I decided I actually planned my daughter to be a Scorpio because I needed somebody very low maintenance in terms of always being my time (laughs) I love that so much oh my god make it because she you know she's kind of on the cusp there but but I tried to time it and you know I made it It's interesting that you spent so much time in urban, you know, sanctuaries such as Central Park and your local parks in the city. And that's kind of where you found your uh, natural grounding. That's where you found like this connection to the earth. And that's kind of what we're discussing today. Right. And, And the Hudson River is my best friend because I live here in Hell's Kitchen, and I have access to the waterfront. When I was growing up, there were nothing but pimps and whores over there. Um, but uh, the neighborhood is cleaned up significantly on 11th Avenue, so I can get over there, and I have I have the water, and I have the earth, because they have beautiful uh, park space and, green, you know, just green spaces, gardens, everything over there. I think that's a real problem, actually. I think people think that they're more grounded than they really are, and they're not seeking out they're not seeking out places and spaces to actually earth, to connect, to do grounding. I know exactly what you're talking about because I spent most of my life in the clouds. As I just told you, I sat <laughs> in, you know, in the dark kind of contemplating out of space. So that's a very comfortable space for me. So I'm sympathetic to that. Um, however, I do see the folly. I've lived long enough, been blessed to live long enough to uh, see the folly in, in just remaining in that uh, stratosphere all the time. Um, and uh, and I've learned from that. So um, I understand how uh, people, especially people that consider the abstract or consider, you know, the questions, philosophical questions that, you know, I guess normal people or whoever they are um, don't really consider on a day-to-day basis. So it's easy for those kind of people that are attracted to you know, to these kind of things to, uh, kind of float away. And, um, you know, and also people are running from themselves too, you know, because they never question why they believe what they believe about themselves, you know? So that creates the disconnection. And, uh, you know, I always say to people, you know, like make a list of what you perceive to be bad or good about yourself and question why, why you agreed to what you listed, You know, something that fundamental. What are the politics of those thoughts? Where did they originate? And, you know, like after after you're done with that, then decide if you still agree with what you put. You know, it's all about this deconstruction. I think it's all about deconstruction to connect. That's just how I see it. You know, it's interesting because I feel like we're being programmed all the time by advertising and, you know, societal norms that don't really fit 
for every single person. And anyone who isn't doing that kind of introspection and digging deeper, they're going to miss out because they're allowing the programming to take over and they're not asking themselves those real questions. People are accountable for their mind, if nothing else. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about marketing. It's like all the avant-garde people, all of the people, the shit starters, or you know, people that think they're shit starters, um, or innovators, or whatever. You know, it's it's interesting that a lot of, and especially in the spiritual community, and I'm using that term very, very broadly, just to paint a picture. It's always about getting out of boxes. I hear all these kind of, um, you know, these kind of catchphrases. I think that uh, a lot of what people are missing is understanding who they truly are. And I think that it's not so much about uh, deprogramming as much as it is about awareness that you're always going to be in some kind of grid and that's okay. Um, But the problem comes from thinking you're out of the box when you just decorated it with crystals. Mm -hmm. um, That's the issue here. It's um, understanding that you don't have to um, you don't have to reflect a certain way just because you enjoy certain things or um, or you or you participate in certain activities like if you're into s and m you don't have to walk around like a dominatrix all the time right <laughs> right you can you know you can just wear like you know like some preppy wear from the eighties like it doesn't matter like just make sure that you're not falling into a template that is not your own. You know, it's real easy for people to adopt a uniform in terms of thought and style. And, and it's a mistake because you miss the, you know, the opportunity of appreciating you, you know, appreciate the appreciation of your beauty. So that's how I feel about that. You know, I think there's a lot of reasons why people sort of delude themselves away from their own true authenticity or finding out what that even looks like. But I think what you said, the way you worded it was so perfect. If you're running towards comfort, then you're probably running away from the work, (laughs) right? Right. I mean, once you face the truth about who you are and you've accepted the different aspects of yourself, then... You increased your ability to appreciate more people, you know, more things and ideas, you know. Um, you, you, you get to express yourself. Um, you get more opportunities to express yourself because you've, you know, expanded the possibilities. You, you get to see how far you can go, you know. And I think that the reason why people uh, cling to their, com- to their comfort zone is because um, they're afraid they're going to lose opportunities they're going to lose possibilities but the opposite actually happens you go into an area that's unfamiliar and you might find 10 things that you don't like but if you find one thing that you like or one way of uh reinterpreting reality as a result of just sniffing around just checking it out you don't have to go all the way in even just maybe peek out now and then peek in or peek in rather to another uh expression in the world and then you automatically find another comfort zone. You added one just by being courageous. Authenticity is uh, has been a big dis- discussion in every way in in society these days, and and spiritual communities are no different. It's keeping it real is has been on everybody's lips for a long time. But I think 
authenticity is about flexibility. Um, it's not necessarily just irresponsibly being irresponsible with our responses. Um, it's that's not keeping it real. It's keeping it immature. Authenticity, like I said, is about flexibility. It's about allowing yourself the freedom to have unpredictable responses to stimuli because life becomes boring when you have uh, a prefix menu of reactions. Being authentic is understanding that every situation, every, every experience is different. I think that's also why there are a lot of poor lovers. I think (laughs) (laughs) I really believe that there are a lot of poor lovers in the world because people are coming to uh, the bedroom with somebody totally new with the same uh, repertoire that work with the last person or they (laughs) think they know exactly what they want you know, rather than consider that person and that experience as unique and born again. And, you know, you're just coming at the experience like a virgin, you know, with that in mind, like I'm going to learn something new today. This is going to be my first time with this person or this, you know, and I don't care how many times you're with that lover. I don't care if it's 30 times, if, if you're not coming to the situation, um, just completely fresh, like, Maybe we can decide, maybe we can discover something else today. Um, and and it's and that's where the authenticity um, comes in, is having that kind of flexibility, having that, uh, not having that arrogance. It keeps things spicy, it keeps things interesting. And I'm not just talking about sex here, you know, I mean, that was just one, you know, an example, but, you know, that attitude can be applied to, just getting dressed in the morning. Um, even if you know that how that outfit already looks on you, why don't you throw the, the scarf over to, to the left, and, you know, instead of the right this time, mm-hmm. you know, it's a totally different thing. So, um, you know, it's all about just making sure you understand the purpose of abstraction. Authenticity and abstraction are related concepts to me, you know, because abstraction is only a, a distraction Mm. or a distraction, rather, if you're trying to avoid something unpleasant or ugly. Um, and I feel that, uh, you know, you, you know, don't be afraid to call a bird a duck if it quacks, you know. <laughs> don't, you know, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded when I see people doing that to themselves. They just float away rather than, and float away or run away. And I don't think there's any difference, you know, and they're, they're very critical about, quote unquote, normal people that don't want to explore and expand. And yet they do the same things themselves by enveloping themselves in, um, you know, kind of this fog or this, you know, ethereal, you know, um, kind of visage or facade. Um, So try to limit the abstraction if it's only a distraction, if that's what you discover. But you have to first look in order to understand that that's what you're doing and that you're being inauthentic. It's not that you're bad. You know, we've all done it, and we're we're probably still doing it, probably doing it right now. You're probably listening to this and, you know, having certain feelings about, you know, what you're hearing because it's uncomfortable. But it's okay. Why is it – why has – being uncomfortable because how is it how's it become so bad to be uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. yeah that's something also i think is worthy of contemplation 
Well, that seems like a good time to take a quick break, and we will be right back. blue and this is a quick segment from the broom closet Uh, because this episode is about uh, connecting to the earth getting grounded in the reality of you know the questions that we ask ourselves and almost in a half-assed way Um, one thing that I think really helps when you're looking for your own truth is is to actually get connected to the earth and this actually has numerous health benefits. Um, it improves your sleep. It improves digestion. Um, improves blood circulation. Uh, it makes you heal faster if you're injured. It reduces inflammation, stress, anxiety, irritability. It can help you uh, stabilize basic biological rhythms just by getting physically connected to the earth, to the ground. And uh, even if you don't live in New York, uh, right now we are in a time of spring and the buds are coming back. You know, it's time to go to the beach. It's time to get connected. Um, you know, it's it's really simple. Even if you live in New York, you have to make time. You have to make time for your own self to retreat from the concrete jungle just for any short period of time. You know, you have to get get rooted and it helps you center. So I want everyone to find a patch of grass, uh, a bit of sand, some dirt, uh, take off your shoes, take off your socks and really just connect. Take a few deep breaths and connect physically to the earth. I promise you that if you make that a regular habit throughout this spring and summer, you're going to notice a fluctuation of your moods, uh, the way your body is working, and you know just your overall health mentally and physically. Um, you know, there's tons of meditations also that you can do to get grounded. Yeah, that's my homework for everybody for this week. If you have any questions about getting grounded, connecting to the earth, please feel free to email us at mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we are taking submissions of scary stories at our email. So any supernatural experiences that you've had that you want to share, um, send those over as well. Mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us and rate the show. Anyone who has taken the time to rate us, thank you so much. It helps us be a little more accessible to other people who haven't found us yet. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys next week.
All right. Welcome back. Uh, so I feel the need to share how Tayana and I got to this place. Um, I actually approached, approached her talking about, you know, wanting to cover the topic of uh, a cultural appropriation within magical communities and magical paths. And quite frankly, Tayana said, I'm bored. I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about something real. Let's talk about something actual and something that, you know, does lead to that. We were talking about the guilt and not questioning where it's coming from. But also we were talking about, you know, really getting grounded uh, and getting into your own body, you know, really into your own soul, into your true authentic self and asking the difficult questions and doing that difficult work. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the fundamental groundwork. Okay, well, <laughs> you kind of blew up your own spot there, so... Um. It's true, it's true. I just feel like we have to be honest when... <laughs> and you co- you totally called me out. You were like, I'm bored. Blue, no. <laughs> and I love you for it. <laughs> I'm just being me, honey. You know, I wrote an article a couple of years ago um, about polydimensional spirituality, which gets into... Um, the history of, oh, I should say not the history, and it's on my website. And in that in that piece, I address the intermingling of cultures and the exchange of ideas that have that's been going on um, since the beginning of time, um, whenever whenever that was, or if there was a beginning. <laughs> um, so that's just something that's just been happening and anybody wants to check that out you check that article out um i you, you mentioned the guilt mm. i noticed that you said the guilt so what ex- what kind of guilt um I, you know the conversation white was guilt <laughs> let me address right? it directly white guilt <laughs> okay so let's just like i said let's call let's call things for what they are here true um White guilt or so-called white guilt is actually the world's guilt. Mm. The world's guilt because everyone participated. Okay. Again, it goes back to not reading enough history and not knowing enough diverse perspectives regarding um, how this all went down. What do I mean by that? Um, how this, the world that we exist in, the reality that we exist in today, how, how was it created? So, um, Instead, there's like this mighty whitey uh, mythology um, where everyone else, you know, um, was powerless against the white tide. You know? <laughs> and it's not only disempowering, it's untrue and utterly ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. I find it all very, uh, you know, just absurd. Um, so, you know, it's just time to do the unglamorous work of considering how all of our ancestors were complicit in the creation mm. of, as it exists today and how we are complicit right now. Um, you know, if you don't like what you see, then decide what you're going to do about it, create a plan and then go get some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know it's easier said than done, but I just have a put up a shut up attitude about the whole thing. Um, and that's how I feel about so-called white guilt. And um, and as far as, I, I don't know if I was clear about the appropriation, how I feel about appropriation. Um, it's a difference between um, 
you know, showing respect and, and exploiting someone else, mm-hmm. uh, that line is blurred depending on each individual. Um, and censorship is not something that I, uh, I really agree with. Um, I can't, I can't afford it. I'm too, I'm too outspoken to, um, permit censorship. I think everybody should be heard. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but I mean, heard at the end of the day, um, we don't all have to strum a guitar together. And I know that that's the sexy message that's been floating around the spiritual community. Um, this is just not, that's just not how I see it. You know, some Buddhists smile, some Buddhists have fangs, you know, um, if you don't want to, uh, hang out with certain people or be around a certain element or whatever, whatever, you know, just be, just do you just, just, uh, find your tribe, find, find the people that you resonate with. I mean, try not to create too much of an echo chamber around yourself. You know, um, I always, like to peek in on what other people are doing. And, you know, I read white supremacist websites. I read Hindu newspapers. You know, I, I, you know, I, I do whatever, like diverse diversity. I want to know, because guess what? They're going to be points that, you know, not going to feel comfortable listening to, or, you know, we talked about that in the last segment. Um, but you know, you should know what's going on, not just tune people out because you think, you know, you think that you got the mots, you know, you, you, you might learn something from that person that you think is crazy. And, um, I, in my experience, I've learned a lot, um, from people, uh, that have been cast away by popular opinion. And, you, you know, I just, I just feel like we have to stop running, um, just in general. And that goes back to, um, being grounded again, again, coming back out of that cloud and dealing with the issues that are going on in the world, dealing with the past, asking yourself the the tough questions. How do you feel about it? Are you, do you really feel that way about that issue or have, again, have you fallen back into a template of good and bad according to whoever, you know, because a lot of these theories that we have and have accepted as gospel truth, you know, it was probably just some rich person, you know, sitting around one day, you know, thinking about something and uh, <laughs> with a quill pen in their hand, <laughs> you know, and um, and they had time for that shit. You know, I don't know if, you know, your listeners do. I don't, Mm-mm. you know, I, like I said, just hit it and quit it. What are you going to you don't like something? What are you going to do about it? Keep it moving. Stop all of this whining. Yeah, it's a little bit of a waste of energy and time. Life is short. Definitely. So I think another thing that you were discussing is, you know, we need to be focusing on our own lineage, our own selves. It's so important to come back to Earth. I'm going to keep saying it and saying it and saying it. And being grounded is not always getting a certain gemstone and, you know, humming with it. Uh, that's, that can be, but I think the most fundamental for people, especially for people that, um, believe that they are on an earth-based path or, um, these are my suggestions rather, um, establish a relationship with your tangible bloodline ancestors. 
What do I mean by tangible bloodline ancestors? I mean the people that had sex to for you to be here. The people in the people that are the essence of who you are in the flesh. Mm. We're not talking about communal ancestors. We're not talking about um, you know, just kind of the heroes that were fed to us by our respective communities, whatever those communities are, whatever your spiritual communities are, your ethnic communities are, those people have a a place and a cherished one. Um, Again, I'm talking about your grandparents. So um, again, I go back to that article that I wrote. I I addressed that the ancient Egyptians um, were very good at this. Um, They were masters at um, adding other gods without changing who they fundamentally were. And the moment they lost the ability to do that, that's when they fell. Um, so most gods are deified ancestors. I guess I should explain that. Um, most gods are deified ancestors and uh, of a particular ethnic group that were then associated with natural phenomenon and um, their worldview, right? So, um, so who are your gods? Who are your gods? Whose ancestors are you worshiping? Um, again, it's not about whether you should be doing it or not. Um, that's up to you. This is your, this is your place. This is your time to, um, live however you want to live. Um, and you also will face the consequences of that choice of how you chose to live, but to stay grounded, um, you know, understand that it just doesn't make much sense and it's really wise to feed your own grandma and grandpa first and reroute yourself um, before you converse with the other plants. Tell us a little more about what you mean by feeding your own grandma and grandpa. What I mean is um, exactly what I said. Like I think the, um, about the ancient Egyptians having that um, capability um, if that's what you're into, it's like some people only have altars and uh, sacred spaces of all different kinds for their ancestors, um, you know, just for their blood, tangible bloodline ancestors, um, their ethnic groups, their tribes, their, um, you know, their folks, you know. Um, but some people also like to um, have other deities. And like I've explained, deities, most of them are the deified ancestors of an ethnic group. So it's just sort of weird when people don't um, honor their own tangible bloodline ancestors, whatever tribes uh, uh, they were, because everybody has a tribe, right? So, you know, whether you know it or not, or whether you're aware of your lineage, you have one, no matter who you are, or what you look like. And I think it's, um, it's always, it would be weird to feed um, a building full of old people, right? While your grandmother and your grandfather are sitting there with an empty plate and an empty glass. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget, again, the flesh. You know, it's not, it's not about just um, um, the abstraction is to say, oh, well, I've always had a thing for the Japanese. Oh, I love the kami. I love the, you know, Orishas. I love this. I love that. And I have an affinity for those things. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, again, don't start writing the angry letters. This is about you connecting with your roots, whatever those roots are, and then invite as many people as you like to the party, you know, once you've uh, set up a table. 
you know. Everybody ha- if everybody should get a, a plate, but your people should get a plate first. Your kids should get a plate first. Take care of your family first. That's what it's about. Uh, that's what I'm talking about in terms of being earth-based. If you're part of an earth-based practice, how are you not in your flesh? How are you not connected with your DNA, which is more than just cells or whatever, you know, DNA is supposed to be. It's more than that graph you had in that, uh, or that, um, that glyph that you saw in science class. We're talking about um, information, ignoring huge storages of data that you can access if you would just come home. Come home for a while if you haven't been there. If you're already home, great. And, and if you, you just want to be there, and you don't want to add on all these other um, ancestors or adopt anybody else's ancestors, that's cool, too. There's no one way to do this. But you're not going to be able to um, access all your power if you ignore your grandma and your grandpa. I guess I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, just feeling bad in general, feeling guilty um, in general, just understanding what guilt is. And guilt is discomfort with a choice. So um, make different choices going forward and you won't have the guilt. Real simple. <laughs> Being comfortable with duality. Um, and I, when I say that, I'm not, you know, again, a lot of these, a lot of, when, when you say these things, it's, it's just... These, these sayings are just kind of common, so common it's easy just to not really um, really take them seriously and really uh, consider the, the gravity of these statements, um, like accepting duality, like being comfortable with it. Um, people feel bad because they feel hypocritical, um, which they feel is a choice which I find funny in and of itself. Mm. Um, you have aspects to yourself and the denial of aspects um, and ugliness. Again, it's that, that, that urge, that, that push to um, look away, that tendency to look away is at the root of the problem. And which is where the guilt comes from, you know, and uh, we were discussing a little bit about a, you know, the liking nature documentaries, something that we both have in common. And, you know, and, and what I brought up was, um, you know, people watch those documentaries, like, say, for example, uh, something on the, you know, special on the Serengeti and they see a gazelle running. Um, but then they think the cheetah cubs are cute. Well, you know, of course, the gazelle has to die in order to feed the cubs. Um, if you don't want the gazelle to die, then, you know, it all it all falls apart, you know. So it's just, again, not wanting to accept that um, you can't root for the gazelle or the or the cheetah. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make sense. They're both necessary. What's happening is necessary. Um, you know, war is natural. Hunting is natural. Um, everything's natural because this is a universe, a universe, one verse. There's nothing outside. There's no outer space. We're, we're here. Like, there's no roof. 
I know it seems like it is, you know, it's just it's just reorienting to again the earth. What does it mean to be here? What does it mean to be in the flesh? If I if you go outside today and you toss out a bunch of seeds, the birds will not share. They will try to gobble up as much as they can, as quickly as they can. They want to experience as much as they can. They want to feed themselves as quickly as they can. Okay? Because they might not be an, another seed. And, the, you know, it's that, it's the sacred in that. And, and, and I think that I'm here, as I'm talking, I'm hearing kind of the, the Hollywood guru like, no, that's not the way. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you know, because we've all been uh, um, exposed to, you know, spiritual marketing. Um, and cherry picked, uh, teachings from select manuals. (laughs) Um, so we just have to, you know, again, find our, find our truth in the truth that there are going to be times when things are going to be unpleasant and going to the source of that unpleasantness is the source of your strength. I think that um, with a certain mindset that, you know, what we've been discussing might be considered very dark. Um, And I don't just because it's the goal is the appreciation of beauty. The goal is the appreciation of earth and all, all that that means. Um, So, you know, you won't be able to appreciate a beauty and and really uh, lose yourself or uh, and find yourself and be passionate you know I, th- I think it's all about passion you know if you don't um, acknowledge that everything is here um, because it needs to be here it's you know it's it's necessary it's it's or else, else it wouldn't be here um, even if you can't figure out why that has to be. Um, whatever that is. Um, and it's imperative that people accept that within themselves. I can't express that enough. And that comes in the form, again, of appreciating the different aspects of your personality. You are not a hypocrite. You are not fake. You are not all of these things um, or these accusations that get tossed at you, um, you know, when you deviate from the good person template or the spiritual person template or the whatever templates are out there. Um, once you're free, then you won't be afraid of the dark anymore. And you won't, and you also won't, um, won't be clinging to, uh, perceptions of the light. Yeah. My advice is, is to understand you're enough. Like, uh, try your best to really get that. Sure, there may be things that you need to work on. You know, um, again, make sure that those things that you need to work on didn't come from someone outside of yourself. Um, It's not from Freud. It's not from Jung. It's not from Dr. Phil. It's not from Marie Laveau. It's not from whoever or whatever. Make sure that um, 
you are always informed by yourself. Um, and that doesn't mean to cast aside the teachers and that wasn't a diss. It was just making sure that, you know, there's only one master. Um, there's only one person that's going in the ground one day. There's only one person. And, you know, even if you're a twin, somebody had to come out first, you know, you came, you still came out alone, you know, um, don't lose yourself in the noise. And that is, um, primarily my advice to your listeners. And the way to do that is to come back home, come back home to your family, come back home to yourself, come back home, um, to the earth, um, and be here, be here now. And, uh, cherish and enjoy beautiful thank you so much Tayana for making time for us any last thoughts um I just want to let people know that um I have a blog um Moonstone blog at TayanaLeeMcQuillard.com um and I post every Monday usually um so if you just want to um you know, check it out and, you know, reach, you know, you can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and you know, don't, don't, don't be a stranger. You know, I'm totally open with speaking with people about my work or just about what's going on in the world. Obviously, um, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, uh, put on a white glove and go, you know, swipe my hand underneath the bed. Let's do it. (laughs) Get those dust bunnies. I will also, I'll, I'll put a link to your blog in the notes to the show. And, you know, thank you again, Tiana. It's been so amazing having you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, okay? All right.